You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Wealth Tech on Deck. There's an industry buzzword making the rounds. You see it everywhere. It's called personalization. And for those prone to hyperbole, which I see too much of, to be honest, a favorite way to speak of this trend is hyper-personalization. I have my own thoughts about what that is and how real it is. It's rare. Our guest will cover that in just a moment in terms of some personalized ways of dealing with a particular segment of the market. So for today's show, we are going to look at personalized advice in the new age. Our guest is Bill Martin. Bill is the Chief Wealth Officer at Forum Financial. As Bill will describe, Forum Financial is a first-of-its-kind tech-led wealth management practice, tailor-made for residents, fellows, and practicing physicians. Bill, welcome to Wealth Tech on Deck. Thanks, Jack. Pleasure to be here today. So, Bill, before we talk about your background and career, what you do at Forum, and where you see the world going, let's start by filling our audience in on Forum Financial. It's a great demonstration of personalization and focus. Who is Forum Financial? What do you guys do? How'd the business get started? Fill us in. Forum Financial is a VC-backed, tech-led, registered investment advisory firm. We've taken a verticalized approach to wealth management, and as you've referenced, beginning with physicians. So from early stages, when they're in residency, all the way through as they're beginning to make transitions out of practicing medicine, it's been the focus that we've taken and really working on the specialization and the personalization related to that particular segment of the market. As far as how the business got launched, and have to go back, we officially launched business um, in 2022, the beginning of the year, in which we were able to take client assets. But there was a number of years of work in front of that. And that was led initially by the VC-backed firm that's invested in us in the very early stages of our company. And they ended up taking over two years of doing research on various kind of segments and parts of the market within wealth management and really ended up narrowing in on that focus with the physician experience and what they found through numerous user interviews, conversations with physicians, that there was a willingness in many cases to outsource the wealth management to providers, but yet some of the highest dissatisfaction levels in those experiences because of the uniquenesses of their career journey. And from that, ended up digging a bit deeper and ultimately resulted in their model is to do what's called this concept development of finding a CEO that's very seasoned and experienced that can then build a founding leadership team around that. So the founding CEO that they did a very exhaustive search was John Clendenning. And John was formerly the CEO of Charles Schwab Bank. And before joining Forum Financial as CEO and co-founder, his role in that was working as the CEO of a publicly traded company called Blucora. John is an incredible visionary, a great leader. And from that perspective was really one of the pieces that attracted me to to joining this firm. Great. Fascinating. I knew much of that, but not all. It's good to hear all that. So talk a little bit more about your background, how you found your way to form, so kind of fill us in on your backstory because I, again, know a good bit about that. But the story starts to gel as we find out what you've done. And uh, also, if you go even further back, how do you get started in the business? What's your career journey like? Maybe just a little bit of how you wind up sitting here today. What sort of led to all that? One thing I really do enjoy is meeting with university students that are studying to potentially enter this profession. And 
that's often a question that I get asked of tell me the early kind of stages of this career and how did this get mapped up out and how did you land where you're at today? And the first thing I would often tell them is that what I had intended and where I am at today is very different. And I, mm-hmm. I'm actually much more pleased with how life has kind of taken its course than what I could have ever imagined. But I just be prepared. I mean, part of that is, you know, doing the hard work, investing in that education, learning from really great mentors and continuing to try to find add value to the clients that you're serving. And I think the rest kind of falls into place. And that's certainly been my case. I'll probably start in the spot. I I had a chance to join a regional-based bank in the wealth management division. And my career kind of entry point was into investment management and was hired as an, an analyst to help out. And just as good fortune would have, two years later, the head of our wealth management department and a couple other called executive leaders were true visionaries and saw another opportunity beyond just delivering wealth management in our local market. So they ended up partnering with a large multinational financial technology firm and doing one of the first startups within that particular firm. And so that was SunGuard. And SunGuard ended up enabling us to launch a business called SunGuard Wealth Management Services. And there was a couple different things. We were establishing a platform. We were providing outsourced wealth management capabilities. And I had an opportunity to join that lift out. So we became the client, the bank that I was a part of became the first client. And then we were introduced in with the sales team to begin offering services to the network of financial institutions. And a couple other good points of good fortune that came my way. One was an incredible boss who became the president of the group that we were doing that just had a very different way of thinking about wealth management. It wasn't about selling products. It wasn't about generating performance that beat the market. It was around really delivering client outcomes that were using technology as a way to do that, pairing and partnering with the advisor. And some of the early things that we were doing was what's now being referred to as direct indexing or tax optimization. So 20 years ago, I got exposure to this kind of work and was consulting with some of the leading wealth management firms beginning to try to introduce those concepts into these different practices. Phenomenal sets of experiences that were part of that. SunGuard at the time was a publicly traded company. They ended up going private and through that process began divesting certain non-core businesses or those that had regulatory components to it, such as ours, which we were a registered investment advisor. And through that process, ended up launching a new company. We spun out some of the contracts, found some other partners, found a private equity group to help sponsor us. And we launched this business in 2008. It was called Folio Dynamics. And in 2008, you know, it doesn't take much to have to go back and pull that date from our memories. The great financial crisis was in full steam that point in time. And trying to be able to deliver financial services and sell into financial service providers at that time was really a tough go. But we weathered through that business in 2014, ultimately sold it to InvestNet. And the investors ended up you know, really doing well through the hard work that we did. So it gave me a really interesting set of experiences of consulting with some of the largest wealth management practices, getting exposure to technology, getting exposure to very large multinational kind of financial technology practices, and then a startup VC backed. All that time during that 10-year time horizon, the original bank 
that I was working with prior to kind of commencing on this was a client and had stayed in touch with me and, and offered me a, an opportunity to, to join back as part now as a part of the senior leadership team. So served in a chief investment officer and helped with wealth management strategy. And we saw our business grow pretty substantially during the 10 years that was there. And we were putting into motion some things like the tax optimization, direct indexing. We were using components like financial planning, partnered with Money Guide Pro and with others, and really changed the experience from an investment management oriented wealth management practice to an advice centric that really focused on the things that it did. And so for me, uh, those sets of experiences were, I think, informative in where I sit today. And so I was not necessarily, just shared the story earlier today, was not necessarily looking. But when John Clendenning came knocking on the door, shared the vision and the opportunity and the team that was coming together. For example, our chief product officer is helped launch and was one of the lead product teammates and senior leaders, part of Apple Pay. So somebody like that to be able to have the experiences and with John and with other teammates. And then the focus of really this personalization that you started this podcast with mentioning and the opportunity to really focus in on an exact population and really drive the type of outcomes that we wanted. I think all that made me say, I got to give this a try. I'm going to regret it probably the rest of my career. And so that was a decision that was made in late 2021, was part of the original founding team, helped stood up the business. And it's been a whirlwind of activity and a lot of fun, but a lot of hard work. Gotcha. That's great. I knew many pieces of that, but not the whole story. And it really leads into what you're doing today. So for our audience, Forum Financial is a client of Life Yield. I'll let you explain how we work together. Also working closely, we recently made a, a joint announcement with Orion and Forum and Life Yield. You also, as you mentioned a moment ago, Investnet Money Guide. That's also part of the platform and the, the offering that you put together. So tell our audience about the platform, your services, because it goes beyond just investment guidance. It's much more than that. So maybe if you'd fill in the blanks on all that you're putting together, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, we knew in standing up this business in a de novo fashion that we needed some key partners, industry leading partners to be a part of this mix. So we did some searches and ended up landing in, as you referenced, Orion, and there's some capabilities that we've been able to really leverage and use with the physicians that we serve. Other partners, like you said, from a planning-based perspective, we're using Money Guide Pro. And then from an asset location, and we'll talk probably about this a bit more, but you know, looked at a couple different options and really landed with LifeYield. There are other partners that, if helpful, could kind of go in through, but there was a couple of key principles in the selection of that. So at the beginning, you were asking me about Form Financial, and I just shared, you know, it's a tech-led RIA. Mentioned Jack Chung and kind of the role that he's playing, chief product officer, and we have engineers and designers and others. So it looks very different than most RIAs. So it's really important then you go back to this personalization. What we didn't want to do is just be beholden to everyone else's tech, but we knew we couldn't build everything. So finding ways to partner together in those spaces where there's best of breed third-party technology providers made a lot of sense. Now, in evaluation of that kind of some of the principles, there was really good providers, but the way in which they went to market was a very closed architecture. Like use their user interface as the mechanism to provide whatever financial technology or service that was a part of it. But the providers that I mentioned and others that we've selected beyond that, including, like I said, LifeYield, one of the things that became really attractive was not only the quality of the technology, but the openness in which that technology could be delivered. So for us to own that end user experience designed exclusively for physicians, 
we needed to have tech partners on the back end that enabled us to grab APIs and to do other things so that we could own that user experience, but leverage the best of their capabilities. I think that was a really you know, important decision that's a part of that. I'll stop there. Maybe there's some questions or thoughts that you would act, but that, those are um, some of the partners that we've established in this, putting together this platform. Yeah. So on the investment side, which often what we talk about, I also want to get to call it the softer side, not softer side, but other parts of the trajectory or the career journey of a physician. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But essentially what you've done is you have Money Guide as your front end planning tool that's tied into LifeField's asset location and, and as things transpire, income and all that down the road. And then, of course, Orion, kind of a back office provider of great renown. And I'm sure there's many more. So that kind of stuff is, I think, such a great example of you kind of stood it up quickly because you understood it. You've got the background, as was explained earlier. You understand what needs to be involved. And now you have this full household level management system and that will get improved. But I'm also curious what you do beyond that, particularly for physicians, because they have a different set of issues in terms of they're poor as hell while going to school, typically. And then they make a bunch of money and then they've got liability and insurance and student loans. I mean, there's all sorts of debt issues. They have a particular set of issues. And then as they make money, then they got to worry about taxes and so on. So maybe take us through a client journey in terms of they're in school and then and beyond because you guys have done some interesting work on that. Just they have very particular issues. So it's not just about saying you got the latest and greatest asset management platform, which I believe you do. But also, you're much more than that. You go well beyond. And it's all about what the client keeps as opposed to whether they make or whatever. So maybe fill us us in on all that. The way that I'll answer this, Jack, and kind of walk through this is let's just take a hypothetical physician. I'll call her Dr. Susan Jones. So think of her even before she could use MD behind her name. So she graduates maybe with a biology or chemistry degree from a university, applies to med school, takes the MCAT gets accepted, and there's four years of medical training that's a part of that. During that time frame, just think of how demanding the study and all that, you just can't hardly work. So, unless that individual, in this case, you know, Dr. Susan Jones, ends up having substantial means or family wealth going into it, she's likely going to have to take on quite a bit of debt. Now, if Dr. Jones is like most physicians, when she graduates four years later and could have that white coat ceremony and the MD behind her, she now also has probably 250000 or so in student debt, not an insignificant amount. And then for the next three, four, and often longer as they go through residency into fellowships for specialization, earning very nominal wages, but maybe enough to kind of cover rent, put food on the table and begin possibly paying down that student debt. That's the dynamic. Now, you contrast Dr. Jones, let's just say she has a brother, a couple years maybe older than her, and, and he graduated from college, started his working profession. He now has 10 plus years of earnings. And you think of like the time value money and all that. So, there's a unique set of challenges. Not only is there compressed and del- delayed earnings timeframe, but they have substantial debt that further compounds that. That's a unique financial circumstance that's really important for the wealth manager to understand. So, there's a compressed number of years in which they can kind of accumulate wealth compared to most other professionals. There's unique risk factors. So, certainly malpractice, it's a part of that. But you think about even like disability, having the ability for Dr. Jones, if she, let's say she's a surgeon and ends up in an unfortunate accident and can no longer use her hands in the way before. 
having a specialized disability policy that covers, you know, certain her occupation and then even her specialty is really an important considerations that again, most financial advisors not spending as much time studying the needs of these, this distinct group would have a hard time maybe coming up with that level of personalization. You fast forward and now enter into this environment that's dramatically changing for physicians. You have you know, higher regulatory environment, payer challenges, you went through COVID and you have burnout and you can't keep your staff in place. Those are all really that translate that career into the distinct challenges for that physician. And so, being able to walk with them to make a decision, should I sell my practice? It just is too much. I can't balance all these demands. Having a financial partner that understands that and can come alongside and help them evaluate those career decisions, the impact, what that means are all the sorts of things that we would take into consideration in working with somebody like Dr. Jones. And at the end, one of the things that we think is really important by taking a look at not only just managing the assets through an investment management approach, taxes become really important. You mentioned that, Jack, like these are high income earners now. And so, finding ways to minimize that tax liability in a coordinated fashion, looking at things like career and insurance, and there's other elements that we do in an integrated way. And so, you bring this back to the technology and the advisors working with this. When we say comprehensive, that's a word that's often floated by other wealth management firms. I think we're taking that you know, a layer deeper than most would in the sense of truly looking across all areas of the financial life that are impacted by physicians being an advocate and an ally to help support them and expert to where they can turn to when these life and career events take place. It's pretty cool. So you're not just looking about just trying to beat the market. It seems like such an anachronism, but in any event, you're really looking for what you could do in terms of managing their debt, managing taxes as that those change over time, managing other liabilities or or risks that they have to encounter. Absolutely. It's part of your platform, as I understand. You do all of these things, you address all of these things. It's really, truly comprehensive, personalized kind of approach for each physician because each physician is different, correct? That's right. That's great. That's great. So you've built up the firm, you're bringing on folks. Talk a little bit about where you see it going. And I, if you would share with our audience, as I've heard it, you want to get things up and running and going strong with physicians. But I think there are other markets down the road that you might want to take a look at. So maybe why don't you talk a little bit about where you see form and the the industry going and this level of personalization makes you unique and distinctive. Yeah. A couple things is, you know, you look, there's so many different directions. I would say the speed of innovation, having been in this industry for some time, it's just fascinating for me to watch. Like I feel like in many ways it's just exploding. Now there's some great opportunity in that, in that there's also a lot of challenges, I think, for advisory firms, knowing how to pull all this together in a cohesive way. But a couple of things that I would highlight, thinking about where the industry is headed, and perhaps ways that we're trying to play into these themes as well, but data is such an important component. I saw an article by The Economist, it's been a few years back, of like data is now like the new oil of this generation, just how it's fueling decisions and other things. And firms that can you know, take advantage of that are going to be able to be in a better spot with data insights. And so, I think of this as like data-driven nudges. And the reason that becomes important, what are things that we can do with these data insights to help our clients end up having better outcomes? And it's really around, not that the advice is maybe poor advice, often it's just really hard to take that advice. And so, mm-hmm. adherence to it and nudges and continuing to help busy professionals such as doctors stay on track 
data can be used in a way, not only the insights itself, but in how you present that to them, I think is an area that we're going to see continued evolution. Another area that I think is, is going to be important for our industry and where it's headed, I liken it to, and I've shared this, serve on a CFP, one of the leading CFP educational institutions, college, and they create PhD students and others, but they've done a lot of research. And my having served on that advisory council, the thing that comes to mind is what I'd say a professionalization of our profession. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about that, having a chance to interact with a number of students and see where they're going into these programs. You think of like an accountant or a CPA, somebody that also is a lawyer, there's a very distinct track to begin, you know, to that point to where to practice that profession. That's not been the case in wealth management. I believe we're seeing those early signs that that's the direction. And so for us, making sure that our advisors have that certified financial planner CFP designation is an important consideration. Again, around the professionalization of advice, there's a distinct body of knowledge and we want them to be able to handle that. A couple other quick things, hyper-focus on client centricity. So you've heard, you know, terms like fiduciary. I think that's just the baseline. But how can we then take the knowledge that we have of customers and of clients that we're serving, understand their unique, distinct needs, and then be able to deliver far superior outcomes because we're such we're designed in a tailored-based way. I think the industry is going to continue to move in that direction. So there was segmentation that took place based on let's call it asset size. And many wealth management firms have done that. So you have different tiers of clients that you're serving. I think ultimately that end goal is going to be segmentation of one. Like you ultimately have to be in a position to know distinctly the needs of each individual client you're serving. And finally, I would just say an outcome orientation. What I mean by that, I think of early on, very, very early on, industry you knows sales focused, shifted to an environment, maybe more investment management, fee-based under that and growing wealth. But as we think about this next evolution and where advice fits into it, it's really around achieving those outcomes that are important to the clients that we're serving. And then as wealth managers, holding ourselves accountable to delivering those outcomes and the things that we can control. So those are four things that come to mind, Jack. There's many more, like I said, exciting time for the industry. But things that I would identify are important considerations, I think, for all of us to factor into our practices. So this has been a great conversation. Two last questions. The first uh, of of those two is that as we look to wrap up, what are three key takeaways you'd like to share with our audience based on what you've been seeing and doing and learning as you've been helping to grow Forum Financial? So fill us in. Yeah. Three things that come to mind, Jack. First is data-driven decision-making. I've hit on that. But why this is important it allows us to have more personalization and better advice. The second one, which I haven't really hit too much on, but I think it's important for this audience to consider is democratization of advice. Mm -hmm. And why I say that, it comes from actually a spirit of altruism. I see the needs across our nation, regardless of stage or financial wherewithal. Our industry has served the ultra wealthy or the high net worth. In order to be able to meet the social needs of our entire kind of country here, we need to find ways to deliver that advice to those just starting out early in their career, all the way to those that do have substantial wealth. Technology and data, I think, are going to be important considerations. And for us, I think an example of that is you know being able to not only serve that late stage physician where they've already made their money, but also to come alongside 
let's say the case of that physician that's in training in residency, be able to give them really important insights as they move throughout their career. And the third point is uh, decumulation. Again, another thing that I haven't really touched on, but I see the industry having spent so much time focusing on how to grow and manage wealth. But you think of the demographics and the need for what I call portfolio longevity, the ability for a portfolio to last for extended lifetimes. People are living longer. It's likely going to be in a higher tax regime. So finding ways to optimize in a decumulation environment when somebody no longer has a paycheck and they need to convert their wealth now into an income stream over a very extended long period of time, perhaps. And I see that as an important thing for this audience to consider. It's something that we are certainly considering our partnership with LifeYield. But those are the three things that come to mind, Jack. That's great. I want to underscore the number two that you shared. I found myself in this conversation a lot recently, just in the past couple of weeks, around the democratization of advice. The way I look at it, and your firm is a good example, there are many more like it, that are, frankly, in serving the high net worth, because that's what funds the kind of investment mm-hmm. that needs to be made, just how it works. But the kind of program you're putting together can be applied to different markets, including people that don't have a lot of money. But it will be funded, if you will, or the investment will be made through the high net worth who will benefit greatly. But it also makes it far more democratically available, small d, to the rest of the marketplace. So good on you. I'm, I happen to share that. In fact, just wrote a LinkedIn blog on the very same topic. And another person I spoke to on this topic is uh, Ken Dykewald from HWave. We haven't published that uh, that episode just yet, but that's uh, coming soon. So stay tuned for that. So Bill, one last question as we do on each of our podcasts. My favorite question, what is something you do outside of work that you're excited or passionate about that people might find interesting or surprising? Well, I've always enjoyed the outdoors and have been fitness oriented. So in the past, what that led to, got into doing triathlons, ended up ultimately doing a couple of very long distance ones, Ironmans. My time no longer allows me to do that kind of level of commitment, um, both family and professionally. And so my wife and I were talking about it. My job requires me to do some traveling. It's often virtual based. So all that creates some headwinds from getting outside and being active. We decided to purchase an app that is called Conquer the Challenge. And there's different virtual challenges, so to speak, that are part of it. And the one we selected is my wife and I starting this past January 1st was to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. It's nearly 2,500 miles, something that I aspire to do at some point. I just don't know if in my life I'm going to ever be able to do it. But what's really cool about this experience is it counts things like walking, it counts things, you know, running, cycling, etc. that count toward that distance. It syncs in with my Apple Watch and Apple Health. So movement throughout the day gives me these smart nudges to get up and be active. And there's a really cool app that's social-based so I can see others traveling and traversing this trail as well besides my wife. And so it's been a great motivator for us to get outside. It fits kind of where we're at in our stage of life. It's really cool tech as well. So those are maybe something that the audience would find surprising. Yeah, and a question on that. Is it counting your steps toward what the Pacific Trail is or is that are you actually hiking the trail? No, a good clarification. It's counting it this my steps as if I were on the trail. So there's GPS gotcha. yeah. things that can pull out and show you virtually where you would happen to be based on the number of steps or 
miles that you've logged or also things that you've gotcha. done, maybe gotcha. cycling or swimming. Just pretty cool thing. It's, a, yeah, it's yeah, an interesting yeah, little totally. motivator. And yeah, for me, yeah. it's been been a fun start to the year. Great. Good for you. That's wonderful. So thank you, Bill. It's been a great conversation. Enjoyed it very much. I've known you for a while, but fun to get the backstory and the, some of the details. So thanks for that. For our audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe or share and or share what we're doing here at Wealth Tech on Deck. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Bill. It's been a real pleasure. Look forward to the next conversation. Likewise. Thanks so much, Jack. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by Life Yield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.